Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. I'm thankful that you have joined us today to listen. I started Positively Dad back in 2019 in March to be a resource to us as dads so that we could grow and become better partners, people, and parents. And I think we're doing that. Uh, a bunch of people are listening, and, and I'm just so honored that you are as well. This uh, We do two podcast episodes every single week, and uh, this is our more traditional one that comes out every Monday, where we talk with an expert about something that's going to help us grow and get better. And then every Thursday, we talk to a dad about being a dad. Those are called our dad talk episodes, so you want to turn in for one of those as well. On the Monday episode, my seven-year-old daughter, Naomi, joins us, and she talks about kind of whatever she wants to talk about. We call that the kid's corner, so she'll be on at the very, very end. And then I want to remind you that we are on social media, too, and we love connecting with you there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. So as I mentioned just a minute ago, you know, our, our listeners are, are way up as we've started. We're just under a year into this, and the last 60 days... We've had uh, more downloads than I could ever imagine, and it's all organic. It just comes from you listening and sharing, sharing it with other people that you know. And so today what I wanted to do is go back and bring out a conversation that we had earlier on in our podcast that maybe you heard and maybe you didn't that I thought was very valuable, and it's a follow-up to last week's podcast that we did with Tony Porter. Tony Porter is the CEO of an organization called A Call to Men, and they say you know, their responsibility is to educate men on how to prevent violence against women and how to bring in equity and equality when it comes to our relationships with women and opportunities for women. And, and what Tony told us, quite frankly, was that most men are not violent against women. And, and when, when a man does do something that hurts a woman, whether that's emotionally or whatever, he, he often doesn't intend for that. that, that maybe he doesn't realize what his actions or words are, and that with some awareness, he, he can realize the impact that the words or actions might have. And it was a very, very valuable episode. I'd like you to go back and listen to it. And when we were talking, I thought, you know what, I want to bring back this, this other episode that might be of some value to you as well. So to get started, I want to bring up something that Tony told us last week on the podcast that talks about a shift that we're seeing for men in this generation compared to others, and yet the work we still have to do. Uh, we are the first generation of men actually being asked in any real intentional way to promote healthy, respectful, responsible manhood. Collectively as men, this is new to us. Just as new as we are as a society as holding men accountable for violence against women and girls, this is the first generation of that truly being ha truly happening. Equally, we're the first generation of men being asked to uh, develop a voice to to challenge many of the notions of, of masculinity and manhood that have a direct correlation, not only to violence against women and girls, but to unhealthy behaviors for men and boys. And Tony told us that while we are making progress, and that this is one of the first generations to make progress, we still have a lot of work to do. And that's why I wanted to bring back this Encore episode. Late last year, I talked with an author named Barbara D. Barbara 
is well known in the uh, upper elementary and middle school area for novels. And she wrote a novel that uh, came out in the fall of 2019 called Maybe He Just Likes You. And this was Barbara's attempt and, and her way to go in and bring the Me Too movement and that Me Too conversation into an audience that probably hasn't heard it before. And she'll talk with you about that. And you're probably familiar with the Me Too movement. And the truth is, is that uh, boys have some things to learn about how to treat girls, um, you know, in school and around the neighborhood and so on and so forth, because there's old stereotypes about things. So there's some opportunity for us, whether we are fathers of daughters or fathers of sons, to help teach our kids what's okay, what's not okay, what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate, without really reflecting on what was accepted when we were growing up. Because what was accepted when we were growing up didn't necessarily mean it was appropriate. And times are changing, and it's our responsibility as fathers to teach our sons what's okay and what's not okay, and to teach our daughters the same thing. And I believe that's what Tony Porter's doing through his work at A Call to Men, and Barbara D is attempting to do that as well, and she uh, talked with us at length about that, about her book, Maybe He Just Likes You. So I'm excited that you're listening today because I think it's a powerful conversation, and we can learn a lot together from it. So let's jump in and have it. So here's an encore episode of my conversation with Barbara D. It's called Me Too in Middle School. Barbara, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm glad you are. And you've written so many books for, um, for I guess, middle schoolers are really your audience, right? Middle schoolers and upper elementary. So it's really fourth through seventh or eighth grades. But I also have older kids reading. And I also have adults reading, which is really a great thing. Yeah, well, your newest book definitely has adults reading, and um, and it's a really, really important message, I think, for us to get out. It just came out uh, here in October. It's called Maybe He Just Likes You, and um, it's definitely gotten the attention of people. Tell us a little bit about the book, and then we're going to jump in with just some things I think Dad should probably think about on this topic. Great. Well, Maybe He Just Likes You came out October 1st, and it is the first middle grade book to deal with the issue of sexual harassment in middle school, um, which is something that really happens. Um, in fact, um, some educators have done some research and found that the prime time for it to first start to happen is seventh grade. And um, I hear from teachers actually that it starts, they see it in fourth grade, third grade, fifth grade. So it's not just a middle school phenomenon. It's more of an upper elementary slash middle school phenomenon. And in this story, um, the main character is a seventh grade girl named Mila, who is a good group of friends. And um, she plays band, she plays trumpet in the band, and she's a smart kid. And um, suddenly she feels that there's this group of boys that she thinks of as the basketball boys because they're always playing basketball um, during lunch period. And the basketball boys are suddenly paying attention to her in a way that she finds uncomfortable. They hug her when she doesn't want to be hugged. They sit too close to her on the bus. They touch her clothing. They make comments about her clothing. They make comments about how she looks in her clothing. and. 
Mila doesn't know what to do with all of this. She feels embarrassed. She feels confused. She wonders if maybe she's imagining it. Um, when she tells her friends, one friend tells her, oh, this is bullying and you should, you should tell the assistant principal. But it doesn't feel like the kind of bullying that she's seen before in, in elementary school. Uh, one friend tells her, oh, the boys are just flirting with you and you shouldn't be such a baby about it. And maybe one of these kids just likes you and that's why he's doing this. Um, and she also doesn't feel comfortable telling adults her mom has a lot of stuff going on at work that's causing stress in the family. Um, the male guidance counselor that she goes to, she doesn't feel like she could open up with, uh, open up to. And she doesn't want to get punitive about it by going to the assistant principal, who's also a male. So a lot of, a lot of her frustration about the situation kind of bottles, uh, she bottles up and she makes some big mistakes um, because, you know, when you're dealing with something like this, um, you're kind of a, a, of a pressure cooker and you're going to let loose some of that energy in some unproductive ways if it, if it continues to build up inside of you. But she does end up taking karate and that gives her an avenue for um, building self-confidence and getting a sense of her own bodily integrity. And that begins to show her a pathway forward. I don't want to give away too much of the ending, right. but there is, a, there is a resolution that involves um, adults at the school and all the boys and um, brings them all to a new place. Yeah. Well, I imagine with, with most of the books you've written, I'm sure this way, that while this is a novel, this is a piece of fiction, there's a lot of truth in here too. This yes. is, this is, this is probably very, very common in middle school. What prompted you to look at this particular story and, and get it, get it out there? Well, I was, um, I signed a two book deal with my publisher and I was waiting to hear back from my editor about this other book that I had already written. Um, and I had some free time in my hands. So I was paying a lot of attention to the news and it was the winter and spring of 2018. And there were all of these me too stories in the news. So I followed them very closely and I started to think, where does this behavior originate? We're hearing stories about high school. So does it start in high school? Does it start before that? If it starts before that, let's address it at its inception. Mm -hmm. Because well, at the time it's high school, it's very hard to reverse attitudes and behavior. Um, and as I was, as I was writing this book, um, Christi Dr. Christine Blasey Ford was giving her testimony in Congress. <laughs> mm. And I was hearing that in the background as I was yeah. writing this book. So, you know, it was really very much what was going on in our culture yeah. and a response to that. Well, and you're a mom of three, right? You've got two sons and a daughter. Yes, so, I do. Yeah, so you've got that lens to look through. How old are your kids? And then you know, I guess did that, that being a mom of two boys and a daughter, two sons and a daughter, did that inspire you in any way? Or did you kind of feel like you had to get this message to them too? 
Well, my, my kids are, are young adults, so none of them is, is in middle school right now. Um, my, my sons have always been very respectful of girls. They've always had friendships and, um, with girls, and so this wasn't really an issue for them. But when my daughter was in middle school, she would tell me that you know, she didn't want to take the bus because when the adults were not looking that's when a lot of these things tend to happen. And the school bus is a time when kids are on their own and they're in a very contained space. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things happen that make girls uncomfortable. Um, so I remember when, when she told me about the school bus, I remember hearing from her friends about things that happen. Um, and I, spoke to a number of parents who have kids currently in middle school and they're telling me, Oh yeah, this kind of thing happens and we hear about it too. So it's still going on. You know, it happened a few years ago to my kid. Um, it's still going on right now. It certainly happened to me when I was in middle school. Mm -hmm. We're not addressing it. We need to address it. Right. So with your perspective as, as an author, as a parent, I mean, I'm sure that you were, you know, doing research and talking to people as you're writing yeah. this book. So it can be as realistic as yeah. possible. Um, yep. what, did, what advice would you give? And I want to kind of break it into chunks. I mean, what advice would you give to parents? And let's start with the parents of daughters who do feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I just, do, I think you're right. I feel like society would say, oh, he, he just likes you. Like, it's just part of growing up. Right. And, right. and you're going, hey, that's, this is not, no, it's, it, it's not right. okay. Let's change that mindset right. now. So what would your advice be to parents of daughters who are experiencing this stuff? Well, <laughs> First of all, I think you have to have good communication with your with your daughter and let her know that she can tell you things because a lot of a lot of girls when this is happening to them really don't feel like they can tell even their own parents about it because you know they're uncomfortable their bodies are changing they're self-conscious to begin with um, and then to actually acknowledge that something like this is happening to them is, is very humiliating and confusing. So the, the first thing I would say is have, have your kid trust you, have an open line of communication with your kids so that your, kid, your daughter feels like she can go to you if something like this is happening. And then you should tell her, if anyone makes you feel uncomfortable, first of all, trust your gut. You know if, if, if somebody touching you is wrong. And even if they tell you it's just a joke or they didn't mean anything by it, if it feels wrong to you, it's wrong. The second thing you would tell your daughter is speak up. Find somebody you can talk to at the school. If you need to talk to me about it and you don't feel like you can talk to somebody about it, I will talk to somebody about it for you. But it's always best if you can speak yourself. You can always look the boy right in the face and say, get your hand off me. Mm -hmm. No, this is not a joke. This is not funny. Don't let anyone think you did something wrong. Now, and of course, you know, we're, we're talking in massive generalities here. It's possible that this could be reversed, that, that 
you know, a, a boy could experience this from another boy, a girl could experience right. it from another girl, a, a boy could experience it from a girl. So right. while we're talking in generalities, understand anyone can be on any piece of this. And yes. most commonly, this is going to be a, a, a boy and girl type relationship in middle school. But it doesn't um, yet, have to be. It doesn't have to be. And we'll have parents right. listening that are going, wait a minute, this has happened to my son. What should he do? Right. And so I just I want right. to get that out there first. Yes, right. we're talking massive generalities. And yet this could happen to anybody. So, Absolutely. So let's let's flip and let's talk again, sticking in our generality, the most common space. Let's talk about now what would your advice to be to parents of sons on how we educate them and, and how we teach them, you know, what is OK? What is flirting? Because there's some flirting right. that's going to be honest, fair flirting. And then what's yes. what's crossing the line? So what does that look like? Well, I think what you tell your son is that you don't decide what the other person finds comfortable or uncomfortable. That other person decides. So if you're doing something to the other person and they say to you, hey, I am uncomfortable, that is all you need to hear to know that the behavior is unacceptable. You don't argue with them about it. You don't say it's just a joke. You don't say you should have a sense of humor. You don't say you're being too sensitive. And you also don't say, you know, it, it, it's not important. I didn't mean anything by it. You're overreacting. If a person says to you, back off, you listen. Because there's a difference between flirting and harassment. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, the issues in the book. You know, flirting is great. Flirting is fine. And kids are going to be awkward at flirting in middle school. They don't know how to do it. Um, and that that's fine. But if if you're doing something to make somebody feeling to feel uncomfortable and they tell you that, you respect that and you listen. So we've got to teach this to our sons that, that, yes. yeah, that, that if, if, look, if somebody says back off, it means back off. And, right. um, you know, I don't know that we've always had a culture of that. It, it, this is the, the culture of this has, like you said, has shifted over the last couple of years. Um, yes. To go, no, it's not okay. So right. I'm curious as you were doing this book and, and doing the research, you, you told us in the beginning that, you know, you talk about her, discomfort in going to the assistant principal and the principal, you know, as you're looking at this, did you find that to be common? Did I find what to be common that the, the kids would go the, to? The, uh, the discomfort of, you know, this middle school girl to go yeah. to administration who, yeah. um, you yeah. know, to, to tell them what was going on. Did you, as you researched, Definitely. did you find that to be common? Yes, yes. In fact, one of the people I spoke to who was great and very helpful was a middle school psychologist who told me that she knows this kind of thing goes on all the time in her middle school, and she most often hears about it secondhand from the target's friends. It's very rare, she said, for the target herself or himself to come to her because kids this age are, you know, very uncomfortable, um, confused, embarrassed, and often blame themselves or think they're being babyish. And of course, in middle school, the worst thing you can be is a tattletale. So kids are very reluctant to advocate for themselves. Um, but sometimes their friends will go to the assistant principal or to a guidance counselor and say, hey, you know, our friend is having this problem. Maybe you could find out about it. Um, 
And so sometimes this school psychologist told me, you know, um, it takes a few levels of intervention for her that it's happening to. I think that's pretty common in middle school because also, as I was saying before, a lot of this stuff happens under the radar of the right. adults on the school bus, in the lunchroom, at right. lunch, at recess. Yeah. yeah. At a sporting so, event, so at who you know, who who knows where it could be happening? Definitely outside the classroom, just passing in the hallways. Quite frankly, exactly, and, and right. we that's in the book too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the book it, we're recording this on the third of October. It's coming out. Obviously, the, as people are listening, it'll be a couple of weeks after that. So the book's been out for like forty-eight hours, and and as I've been following you, um, and and following this book a little bit on social media, the feedback has just been. I, I, I've been very impressed by it. And I would imagine you've had people reach out to you to say things like, thank you, or, you know, this yes. is my story. What sorts yes. of things have you heard? Well, just yesterday, I got an email from um, a teacher in Texas who wrote to me and she said, there are so few books that are relevant to seventh graders that aren't too mature for them. And this book is right in that sweet spot. It acknowledges that kids who are, in middle school are not babies. Um, it's not a book for little kids, even though, you know, it's a middle grade book, but it's upper middle grade. It's for kids who aren't babies, who are dealing with real world issues like this. And, you know, I think it's really a great thing for kids to work out issues like this by reading books that show different perspectives that give kids time to breathe and think and that are sensitive to their age because they're not teenagers. Mm -hmm. This is a subject that's been written about in YA literature forever. But what, what a middle grader needs is different from what a teach from a, what a teenager needs sure. in a book. Yeah. So it's important to have middle grade treatments of things that are actually happening, happening in, in, middle schoolers lives. Well, Barbara, one of our most recent podcasts we did was talking about middle school and what it's really about. And what this author told me, she said, middle school is not about academics. Middle school is a time to learn EQ. It's a social, it's yeah. a social dynamic. There's just so much going in there. And that's what your book's going into. It's the social yes. aspect of how to handle all this stuff. Exactly right. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. She said, you know, what, what, your grades in middle school are going to have very little impact as to what happens for you post high school. Yep. Um, this is how we learn how to deal with people, how to handle situations, how to feel like we fit in, how to handle it when we don't. And and so it definitely sounds like you found a space here to be able to connect with kids. So it, it's pretty awesome. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So as as we kind of start to wrap up and and I mean you've written gosh, I don't know how many books you've written here. Ten. <laughs> ten, yeah, 10 books. I knew you would know. Um and 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 very very popular. Tell us just what have you learned over this time of writing these 10 books? You're saying, you know, kind of upper elementary through middle school age right. that that is important stuff for parents to know about their their kids that are in that age bracket. Well, that they're really smart and they have so much more information than we did when we were their age. They're all plugged in. They're all on the internet. They are receiving information that in a lot of instances are 
inappropriate for their age. And I think it causes some anxiety with kids because they're still processing this information as kids. Um, so for us as adults to bury our heads in the sand and pretend that kids are completely innocent and don't have access to this information is doing a disservice to them. They're actually participating in the same world that we are. And they're aware of all of the things going on in our society that are troubling. So one way we can help our kids is to acknowledge it and talk to them about these issues. Another way we can do it is by encouraging them to read books because books, as I said before, give kids the ability to think through these issues and to empathize with different sides of the issues. One of the things in my book, um, Maybe He Just Likes You, is these are not demonized. They are shown to have other sides to their personalities, which are actually attractive. Um, and by the end of the book, the main character actually empathizes with them and gets them to empathize with her. Yeah. So if you give kids a book like this, it expands their thinking and it can be quite comforting. Well, it could help them see, you know, multiple perspectives and, exactly. and you know, I, I, again, this is just my guess. I'm not guessing that most of the boys intend to go out and harass, exactly. but they just, they honestly just feel they might be interested or curious or whatever. And so they're doing whatever they're doing. So, you know, if you had a middle school son who read this book, he might change her, his perspective a little bit and help understand where, where the other students coming from and vice versa. So, you know, exactly. and, and, and like you said, you've got a lot of parents and educators who are reading it too, even though your audience is not necessarily that group and the feedback has yep. been pretty good. Yep. So is there, is there another one of the 10 that, that if a parent grabs this one, they really like it. Is there another one of the 10 that you really feel like is a really good read that connects with both young people and parents? Well, um, my last few books I would feel that way about, but one in particular is called Halfway Normal, mm -hmm. and it is about a kid who has been away from school for two years for cancer treatment and is now back at school and is trying to fit back in. Um, and this is a book that um, has been singled out on state lists in Pennsylvania, Vermont, Missouri, Maryland, and South Carolina and has won a bunch of awards. And um, I'm very proud of this book. Um, I think it is not about being ill. It's not about cancer. It's about recovery and resilience. And that's a really, that's something that every kid can relate to. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking time out to share with us. How can people connect with you? How can they get your books? Uh, what's the best way to do all that? Well, my books are on Amazon. Um, all of my books are on Amazon um, and purchasable at any indie bookstore on at Barnes & Noble, um, anywhere books are sold. My website is um, barbertybooks.com and you can email me directly at barbara at barbertybooks.com. And then you're on uh, what Instagram or Twitter? Where are you? Social media that we can find you. I'm Barbara D two on on Twitter, 
and Barbara D. Books on Instagram. Awesome. Well, Barbara, I appreciate you taking the time out today to talk to these dads. Some valuable lessons and thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. What a fantastic conversation with Barbara. And I learned a lot as a dad. You know, the first thing that sticks out to me as a dad of a daughter is to just be in relationship with her, have conversations with her so that she knows she can trust me, so she knows she can trust Terry, so that if she's feeling uncomfortable, she'll come to us. And another thing that's sticking out is that the person who feels the harassment is the only one who can decide whether or not it's harassment. And that as grown-ups in their life, whether we're parents, neighbors, um, you know, aunts and uncles, teachers, whomever we are, we've got to listen to that and not excuse it. Oh, maybe he just likes you. Like if, if someone comes and says they're concerned about the way they're being treated, then listening actively and being curious about that is important. And I know, I mean, I think about me as a middle school boy. I was inappropriate. There isn't any question. I did and said things that were out of line. And I don't recall really anyone ever telling me not to do it. And I don't know what the ladies who I may have who I said things to or, or whatever, how they felt and what that meant to them and how people treated them. And the truth is, it's 2019. And that behavior is just not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable then, really. We let it be. It's not acceptable now. And so let's, as adults, when kids come to us and say, hey, I'm feeling this, let's listen to them, investigate it, and then educate and teach the kids who are you know, doing whatever, saying whatever, that it's not okay. I think that's a good lesson. I trust you enjoyed that. I did. I learned a lot from it. And I thank Barbara for taking time out right as the book has come out to be able to share with us. So we're going to wrap up Positively Dad the way we always wrap up Positively Dad. And that's getting the thoughts of my second grader, my seven-year-old Naomi. She likes to jump onto the kids' corner and share what she's thinking. So here you go. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the kids' corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, my name's Naomi Shaw. Today we will be talking about going to dance. For some people, dance is fun. Ice skating is also dance. Dance is also a sport. So if you like sports, you might like dance. If you're a boy, you might like dance. Because my dad was in ballet when he was a kid. And if you like dance, just this thing's just for you. But if you don't like dance, I can try to convince you to like dance. Dance is a population of your muscular skills, like how strong you are. Because... If you're in a competition, you can win the year and win the day. Because winning years and winning the days is like the best thing ever. I was in this competition, and it's so fun. That's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. There's actually a lot in there. I mean, if you piece all that together, she's teaching you a lot of stuff. Win the day, win the year. Dance is a sport. It totally is. You should see the warm-ups that they're doing in their dance class. I'm telling you, most of us listening... To this program could not do them, including yours truly, even though I did take one year of ballet. She's exactly right on that. My goodness. Hey, I want to thank you for listening. I trust you got value out of today. We had a conversation about something that's worth talking about. And I thank you for taking time out and, and investing in, in listening to this. My goal is to add value to you, and I trust that's what we've done. You know, if you know somebody that would be a great guest on Positively Dad, would you reach out and let me know? James at PositivelyDad.com. Also, uh, if you'd like to be on, let me know as well. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Positively Dad. 
And then we're doing some blog posts every once in a while as well at PositivelyDad.com that you're welcome to check out. So again, my goal is just to be a resource to you, give you inspiration throughout the week, and help us become better people, partners, and parents. And, And I trust that we're doing that for you now. Thanks for listening. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.